As we move into today's broadcast, we start an extensive look at the one notion that we have eternal security in Christ and just exactly what that means. Join us. Truth for Today is next. Salvation, just how secure is it? Well, throughout the rest of our series, Life in the Spirit, we'll spend an extensive amount of time taking a look at the answer to that question. Hi and welcome. This is Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Today, we begin our look at this one question with a message called Forever Linked to God. We're in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. It's there that we catch up with Pastor Phil Howard for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Join us and be encouraged. Let's pick up Romans 8.28, maybe one of the most comforting verses in all the Bible, like Psalms 23, and uh, see what he's saying. And we can only take three verses, so forgive me. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, just I want you to hold there this idea of purpose. This word is used uh, over in Ephesians, and he spells out a little bit of his purpose. Ephesians 1, if you could turn there. In this church, we listen for paper. And the pastor says, turn, I'm listening for the paper. Because we're a Bible church, not a human opinion church. We don't care what you think. It's what God says. And the church said, verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. And why did he do this? In accordance with his pleasure and will. Notice verse 9. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure. Whatever God has willed is for his pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him, Christ, We were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God has a plan, a purpose that he worked out from eternity past And he's telling the Ephesians believers, and now he's going to tell the Roman believers, in eternity past, all those who have come to love God and love Jesus Christ, 
He's going to roll back the curtain and say, let me tell you when I begin to include you in my plan and purpose. And he's going to take us to eternity past where he foreknew us, where he predestined us. In time, he called us. In time, he justified. And in eternity future, he's going to glorify us. So it's from eternity to eternity. All the way back, my plan included you, and it will include you all the way eternity future. And so he's going to show us five things that link you to God forever. I think of it as a charm bracelet. It only has five links in it. They're unbreakable. And every one of them says, I love you. And he's giving this passage in the midst of Christians who are groaning on their way home. Not complaining, groaning. They are living with the sufferings and the struggles that until you get home, he says in Romans 8, 18 through 28, I'm going to give you hope and I'm going to give you help. And the help is the Holy Spirit interceding for us. And he gives us hope. And now he says, by the way, in all your suffering, in all the groans of life, in all the disappointments, all the sicknesses, all the ups and downs, I want you to know, don't panic. For I have a divine purpose for you. And in that purpose for your life, I am determined that I'm going to conform you to look like my son. And when you look like him, you will make Christ first in your life. The firstborn. You'll treat him as the preeminent one in your life. And I've done that in the life of everyone who's come to love me. For all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And in Romans 8, 28, that becomes the name of a true believer. A true believer with all our ups and downs, our lukewarmness and uh, our struggles. We are the people who no longer hate God, but the people who've come to love God. And so he says... God is working out everything in our lives according to a divine master plan. Now, for some of you, that makes you nervous because you think you're a master planner. You don't like the idea that God could do a bunch of stuff in your life without your permission. Well, why don't you ask your folks how you got here? Where were you on the vote? I don't think you were consulted. Matter of fact, they're still trying to figure out how you got here. You know, there's a lot of folks been having kids before we planned them. Just showed up. My mother said my dad just looked at her and she got pregnant. <laughs> Took years to figure that out. But God says, nobody's in my family accidentally. Nobody just happens to be one who loves God. And now he's going to say, let me show you five things that link you to my heart. The first one, he says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to go to hell. Is that what it says? Notice God never predestines to hell. He predestines people to be like Christ. Predestination is a believer's family term. He predestines believers to a standard and is to be like Christ. But this first word 
is loaded with debate. It's loaded with debate. God foreknew us. Now, the classical Greek word here, to foreknow, simply means to know beforehand. That, that, that's simple enough, isn't it? To know beforehand, uh, it was used of human beings. He knew before he did something. And so it's just mere cognition. I just know out there that you're going to do it before you do it. I know what you're going to do. And out of that has come two, two different streams of interpretation on what this means. One says, those who come to love God, God foreknew that they would believe and foreknew that they would receive. And when he saw that they would believe, he decided, I'll make you my child. Because he foresaw what you would do in the future. And so, I'll make you my own. And many, I would say, maybe most, probably believe that. God only could choose you back here because he saw you would choose him down here. And so, that's the way they deal with it. But the word here for foreknow uh, has more of a Hebrew connotation. The Hebrew word yada carries over in this word. And this word uh, is very interesting how it was used. Did you know that here he's saying God foreknows who? Everybody? Or those that are his own children? Look at the verse. Are all people predestined? Don't think so. Have all been justified? No. Have all been called? No. Will all be glorified? No. This is a selective. He knew certain people all the way back. But what do you mean you knew them? You, don't you know that Hitler was going to exist? God knows everything. Yes. As an omniscient being, he knew everything. So it has more than just mere knowledge. This word was an interesting word. Let me give you some instances of it. Uh, when it was used in the Old Testament, and God said he knew you, the idea there, it was used of even conjugal relationship. He went in and he knew her, consummated a marriage. And that was the word, to know intimately to know uniquely. So it had that meaning. God said words like this, you alone, Israel, have I known among all the nations. You mean you didn't know there would be Irish? You didn't know there'd be Germans? You didn't know there'd be Africans? Oh, I knew all that. But you only have I entered into a loving, caring, helping relationship with. You alone have I chosen to be my chosen people. You alone. Amos 3.2. You're the only one I knew because I set my affections on you. And so it came to have the idea of more than just mere knowledge of. It had the idea of to set your love upon, to uh, have regard for, I'm giving you some of the uh, language to have a peculiar interest in someone, to delight in them, to have an affection for them. And these verses, I uh, give you a good example. Look at uh, Matthew 7. 
just to show you how this word is used. Matthew 7. Look at verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never had a relationship with you. I knew you existed. There's nothing God doesn't know. You know, it's like this. I could ask you, do you know my wife? And somebody said, well, yeah, uh, she, she sits with you sometime. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. You do not know my wife. A few of you might. Do you know her like I do? Mm -mm. 46 years together? You don't know her like I do. The only one that would know her better, no, no, her mama would know her better than me. I've been with her much longer than her mother had her. See, oh yeah, I know them. We have casual acquaintance. God knows all people that will ever be born. He knows that. But here, they're claiming to know him. He says, I never knew you. What do you mean you never? You mean you, I thought you were omniscient. I thought you knew everything. I do. But in this sense of the word, I never entered into a relationship of affection so that you were my own child. You say you know me, but I don't know you. Look at 1 Corinthians 8.3. But the man who loves God is what? Wait, wait, this seems to be a selective kind of, I thought you knew everyone. No, no, no. It's in an intimate to love, to have a relationship, to experientially enter into making you my own and knowing. Powerful, powerful word that in eternity past, he is saying God entered into a, an experiential acquaintance with all those who've come to love him so that he counted them his own. He counted them dear. He said it to Israel, and now he's saying it to those who love the Lord. I happened to know you all the way back in eternity, and I entered into an experiential relationship with you. That's when we began, before you were ever born. He told Jeremiah 1.5, Jeremiah, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. How can God do that? God gave him his assignment before he was ever born. He did the same thing to John the Baptist, filled him with the Holy Spirit while he was yet in his mother's womb so that he even leaped when he came into the presence of Messiah in the womb of Mary. How can God do that? He's God. I love what McGee says. If you don't like God's universe, make one of your own. This is his. He runs things. He picks. He chooses. Hey, who does God think he is choosing Israel? What did he say in Deuteronomy 7? Israel, you weren't, I didn't pick you because you were the most numerous people. I didn't pick you because you were the easiest to get along with. Matter of fact, I found you to be rather stiff-necked and stubborn after these 40 years in the wilderness. But then he says through Moses, but I've set my affection on you. 
And this is what he's saying to you, dear child of God. And he's saying this, these verses, to comfort us, not to confuse us. Would you ever want to use these verses to comfort? While most folks stay so confused about it, it couldn't comfort them. But when you know, wait, wait, he foreknew me. When? Before you did all those sins, right? Before you did all that messing up, right? You mean he knew I'd be born in this kind of home, right? He knew this sin would happen to me. This abuse would happen. Yes, 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 yes. There's nothing about you he hasn't entered into an experiential knowledge of. And he's saying, when you were going through all these things that don't seem to be working for good, and maybe you think God's abandoned you, remember, he started with you back there, and he's never going to give up on you right now. You go way back, eternally. Now, he predestined you. I like the word. It's pro, see if you can figure out the word. Pro, then you put a little H. Pro horizo. Pro, is there any word that sounds familiar? Prior horizons. We get our word horizon. See, if you don't believe in predestination, you don't believe in the horizon. It's the Greek word for horizon. And they just put a prefix, a horizon, written out beforehand. And so it really had the idea of divine appointment or divine boundaries. And he says here, God has predestined those that he calls his own. Now, what's this all about? Who did, is he messing with my will? Oh, yeah, he made your will. He didn't make you stubborn, but he did make your will. Uh, he predestined you. What to? Notice the text. You're predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. I don't want to be like Jesus. Do you belong to Christ? Everybody that belongs to Christ really wants to be like him, even if they're a thousand miles from it. I'll never be like Christ. Yes, you will. I, I, I'm not good enough. It doesn't matter. God's already got a plan to get you there. God's predestined. One here, he says, I started way back here with you. That's the beginning of our relationship. In my purpose, I determined to know you. And then I have already made a plan to get you to look like my son. One of them, I'm going to save you in time. And I'm going to bring these all things into your life that maybe be painful at times, that you don't want at times. Did you know all the things God is bringing into your life has a destiny in it? It's to get you to look like Christ. Character is hard to develop in us. And that's why we all want a bonus. God says you need to suffer in order to really know what my son's like. That's why he brings a trial. He brings something that we want to throw. Say, things are out of control. Things are out of control in my life. I don't doubt that for your sake. You, you're not in control. But God is working something for good. You know, this freeway right out here, 80. I'm used to calling it 80. Anybody ever get on Highway 80 and keep driving? If you get on 80 and keep driving, I know my sister Hazel, when I was about 13, I went with her and my aunt and some cousins, and we got on 80 out there, 
And you stayed on that. I had an uncle in Chicago. If you'll stay on 80, it'll take you all the way to Chicago. Ever do that? Just get on there. But when you get on there, I'm going to tell you, if you get on 80 and you want to go to Chicago, this may bother you, it's predestined. The boundaries have already been marked. You don't get out in Wyoming and get to invent a new highway. You'll be out there in the desert and the cactus and you'll be dying. Stay on what the engineers and the architects, they've already set the boundaries. If you want to get from here to Chicago, we've already set the boundaries of how you get there. And God is telling you and I to comfort us. Don't worry about these things that are causing you pain. Don't worry about these all things that you cannot figure out. For I, I myself, have set the boundaries around your life, and I've set them around. It's the omnipotent hands of God, and I'm going to steer you, guide you. You're going to bump against me. You're going to maybe sometimes kick against me. But I have set the boundaries to get you to be like Christ. That's what's going on in our life. So that's why we ought to be able to give thanks in all things, for it's all working together for good. Not too bad when you understand it, is it? Do you, does it bother you to think God's got a plan for your life? Look at Ephesians. Do you guys, I wish you guys talk back, at least nod, nod. I know when you're sleeping, nod. Look at this Ephesians 2. 2.10. I love this verse. We're saved by grace in verse 8. It's not from ourselves in verse 9. And in verse 10, for we are God's workmanship. Let, let me give you another Greek word. See if you can hear what it is. Poema. What does that sound like? Poem. That's the word. We are God's Poem. And what it was used of, God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece in divine literature. Second Corinthians 3 said we are his epistles. You are a masterpiece of God. You. And notice what he says. Created in Christ Jesus to sleep in your Christian life. What, wait, wait. To do good works... Well, which good works? Which, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When do you think God planned the good works he wants you to do? Way back. God already has all kinds of good works he created you to do. That you've been made for. You, he, you're his masterpiece. You're the tool. You know what I, I love about Cracker Jack mechanics and people who know their trade? They know which tool to get the job done with. You and I would be using a claw hammer or about the three things we know how, a screwdriver. They come along, zit, zit, boom, boom. Part of the skill is to know what tool. Well, God's tool chest is full of masterpieces, and you're one of them. Romans chapter 8, such an amazing chapter, isn't it? So full of hope and encouragement for us as believers in Christ. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, our teacher and pastor here on the broadcast. To conclude our time together today, we would leave you with our contact information. 
For a copy of today's program or the series, ask for it by name, Life in Christ. Simply call or write to us. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. For a copy of today's program, simply mention today's date. If you would like the set today's program was taken from, ask for it by name, Life in the Spirit. And for a gift of $15 or more, we'll send a copy your way. Now, if you would like the entire eight-set 47-sermon series out of Romans, for a gift of $100 or more, we'll send that to you as well. And that's the complete series on Romans, again, 47 sermons. And please bear in mind that your donations are tax-deductible, and they allow us to continue the ministry here on KFAX. In fact, as a TFT supporter or sustainer, we'll also include a quarterly newsletter for you a once-a-year special gift, and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly devotional audio video that we have available as well. Again, that's for our TFT sustainers. Ask for that when you contact us, 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. For more information about us or Valley Bible Church, simply visit our website, valleybible.org. And we'd love to hear from you. Again, as always, as a sustainer of the program, as a partner with us, you're enabling us to continue the ministry of the gospel here on this radio station. And no gift is too small or too large. Please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time as we continue our studies here in God's Word. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you as you make Jesus Christ your truth for today.